And welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Uh, here are your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories, and I'm your host, Fred. Uh, today, we've got a special treat for you, something fresh and different here and local, organic, <laughs> at least uh, local and organic for our Portland, Maine listeners. Monologues and scenes by an audacious new local theater troupe here, uh, Yikes Monsters, yikesmonsters.com, like the thing you'd say if you saw a monster, yeah. Um, these are people who would say that they make this shit up. I got out to record some skits with them uh, in the Portland, Maine area, of course, here. Uh, minimal sound and music added to them, but I think uh, they got some great things to chew on, uh, things to make you think. And I, I think that is uh, really what we're going for um, with audio. It's storytelling through sound. Uh, a lot of fun with it. I think you'll enjoy them. Hope you enjoy them as much as I did. I first met Kara outside Coffee by Design on India Street. She was going over a few of her notes she had made. Okay, so... Um, you're gonna try to make a cool in me, my booming voice... Hmm. <clears throat> what? I didn't mean to startle you. Uh, you're like six feet tall and you probably weigh around, what, 230 pounds? You're standing over me and you didn't mean to startle me? Besides, you're blocking my sun. Well, that's the thing, actually. Uh, this is the only table in the sun. What about that one? It wiggles. I tried. The chair's rickety and the table's uneven. I just want to have a nice, quiet cup of coffee in the warm morning sun at a table that doesn't shake. You understand. I mean, come on. It's April in Maine. It's been months and months of cold, dark days. All I want is to sit outside in the warm spring sun and enjoy a cup of java. I won't bother you, I swear. Besides, why would I want to bother such an attractive woman? I'm not hitting on you, just stating the obvious. Sure, of course. Actually, I feel the same way, so have a seat. Thanks. Quinn! N name's actually Jacob, but everyone calls me Quinn. Last name? Yeah. And? Oh, sorry. Kara. Nickname? Nope. Given. You know, I had a friend growing up. Quinny. We called him Quince in elementary school and QP as he got older. It's an odd thing about Q names. You ever notice that people with Q names always get nicknames? It's as if the world has a fascination with Q and Q sounds. You know, quietly quenching his quotient for quips, Quentin continues to query his guest. That's quite a cute and cunning quote, Quinn. <laughs> Bravo! Yeah, but it's true. Every Q person has a nickname. I guess so. I'd never really thought about it like that. But you know, it's funny, because I've been looking for an idea for a new alphabet book. Maybe I should do one on nicknames. Joe, Jake, and Jay said to Kim, Kate, and Kay... You're an author! Wait! Sorry, I won't bother you. Sorry, yes, children's books. It's just that once I have an idea, I have to write it down or else I'll lose it. God, I love this sun. Sorry, really I am. You know, Quinn, I never finish a cup of coffee before it gets cold, so I'm gonna go get another cup. Will you watch my stuff? Sure. As Kara went inside, I couldn't help myself from looking at some of her writing. She had two pads of paper filled completely out with writing, so I looked at one of them. And I started reading it to myself. So, this big lug of a guy. Hmm, big lug of a guy. 
sits down at her table and starts talking nonstop in a booming voice, irritating the crap out of Sarah. Huh. I won't bother you, I swear. I won't bother you, I swear. He says in a voice louder than the traffic rushing by the coffee shop. Sarah can't believe this guy. What did he say his name was? Flynn? Flynn? What kind of a name is that? I quickly put the pad away as Kara returned. Thank you. For? Oh, for watching my stuff. Sure. Gosh, the sun really is wonderful, isn't it? Huh. I'm sorry, is something the matter? Nope. Just don't want to bother you. Oh, no. I was actually enjoying listening to you. As a writer, how people use words interests me a great deal. I wasn't too loud. My booming voice didn't annoy you. That is so weird. Weird? Hold on, I'll tell you in a bit. I just want to see what happens next. What happens next? Look, I can't explain. It might ruin it. Just keep talking. Talking about what? I don't know. Um, did you want anything else besides coffee? Huh? When you ordered your coffee, did you want muffins, maybe a croissant, or something else? Okay, actually I asked for a bagel. But they don't toast them, and what's the point unless, unless it's, it's toasted. toasted? Exactly. How did you do this that? This is weird, Quinn. Far too weird. Huh? Keep talking! To hell with that! What? No, no, no. I'm sorry. What's the matter? Look, I know you're trying to make a fool of me in my booming voice. A voice that irritates the living crap out of you. This! You saw this! You read it! You... Oh, it's too weird, huh? Oh my gosh, this has never happened before. Not like this. What? Finding someone who annoys you and using that person for a character in your next story while you talk to him? What? Oh, no, 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 no. Quinn, I wrote all of this before you got here, and that's what's so weird. Like I'm believing that. And by the way, for a writer, you use the word weird a lot. I've been told. Look, Quinn, it's true. Really, listen, please sit down and let me explain. See, I've had similar things happen, but never to this extent. Nothing so, so perfect or complete as this. Just hints of it previously. What are you talking about? See, Quinn, I'm not sitting here taking notes or, or writing about our conversation. But I... And I know it must seem weird. Oh, sorry. I mean odd or strange. Whatever. But please, I swear I'll explain in a moment. Just trust me for another minute or two, okay? And, and tell me something about, about your business. You're in sales, right? Yeah. How'd you know? Just a guess. What do you sell? Ideas, mostly. Ideas. Okay, creative solutions. Companies hire me to help them develop new marketing strategies or to get through in-house squabbles. And what's the latest idea you've sold? Actually, I'm working with a national company right now on one of the most interesting ideas I've ever pitched. What makes it so interesting? Okay, well usually companies are looking for ways to be more efficient. But I'm asking them to consider being less efficient. <laughs> and they're paying you for this advice? Look, well, why are you doing this? Pretending to be interested in what I have to say. See, I am interested, Quinn. Really. Don't leave. Not until you look at this. Here, look at this pad. <sighs> Joe, Jake, and Jay said to Kim, Kate, and Kay. Yes. So? See, that's what I wrote while you were here. Remember some ideas for an ABC book based on nicknames? But this pad is what I was writing on before you got here. What? Look at this one. <sighs> this is the pad you read from while you were inside. You know, I'm, I shouldn't have. But why did... Wait a second. You're saying you wrote this before I joined you? Exactly. Look at this. 
Okay. So, Sarah says, just to guess, what do you sell? Flynn ideas, mostly. Flynn ideas. Mm -hmm. Wait a second. Creative yeah. solutions. Companies hire me to help them. Wow, this doesn't make more efficient. What? There's more. More? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here is our bagel conversation. Sarah, when you ordered your coffee, did you want any muffins or croissant? You said that. Yeah. Flynn, actually, I asked for a bagel, but they don't toast them, and what's the point? Unless, unless it's toasted. toasted. Oh, and here, look. Flynn asks Sarah what she has in her bakery bag. She opens it and shows him an untoasted bagel with olive cream cheese and chives. But I never asked you that. According to this, you will. And look, it gets weirder. After a long conversation, Flynn and Sarah end up leaving together. They spend the afternoon taking a long walk around Portland. They go out to dinner, which turns out to be very romantic. And then, well, it appears they become lovers. Lovers? Lovers. Okay, so you're saying you wrote all of this already, before you met me? Yes. It's weird, I know. Sorry. I mean, strange. Weird. Odd. It's brilliant! Brilliant? Sure, if it's already written down, then we can skip all the small talk and get right to it. It does seem that way. So, what happens uh, after, after dinner? Not so fast. There's a long walk and a nice romantic dinner first. Okay. So, what's in the bag? Oh, it's a blueberry muffin. A blueberry muffin? I thought it was an untoasted bagel with olive cream cheese and chives. Are you kidding? An untoasted bagel? What's the point? Unless, Unless it's toasted. toasted. What the hell is Yikes Monsters? Good question. Uh, Yikes Monsters actually is Portland's one of Portland's newest and most original theater troops. We kind of dedicate ourselves to producing thought-provoking, entertaining-as-hell theater, and our motto is, we make this shit up. Yeah. We do. Everything you're here tonight, as a matter of fact, is original. And it's shit that you made up. It's shit that we made up. I've got rocks in my head. Real rocks. I'm serious. I crushed my head falling off a motorcycle coming around a bend on a wet day and hit my head on a rock. They took out part of my brain because of the swelling. Not the part you'd miss, they said, but they said they needed a ballast, otherwise your head hangs over to one side because of the improper weight distribution. So they put some smooth river rocks in there. If you're quiet, you can hear them click against each other if I shake my head like I'm at a rock concert. If I move my head back and forth real slow, I can feel them slide around. I first met Merle in Cincinnati, Ohio. Now this is the only guy I ever met who actually lived in a dumpster. I mean it, this guy was due to sleeping in dumpsters and, and he was finding his clothing and his food wherever he could. And despite all that, he walked down the street like he owned the place. And he had this great big smile on his face and this, this light in his eye, like, like he had some big secret, like he knew something that nobody else did. Well anyway, it was an early spring morning 
And Merle was wearing this old overcoat, and it was, it was all ratty and tattered and no buttons, and he wasn't wearing a shirt, and he had these, these skin-tight blue jeans or faded blue jeans with ripped-out knees, and he was also sporting these, uh, these scuffed-up black cowboy boots with silver, uh, silver tips on the end. Oh, yeah, and he had this nice, this awesome wide belt with this big, this fierce silver buckle on the front of it. And his face was all, like, scruffy and nasty. I mean, hell, come on, this dude is living in a dumpster, right? So anyway, like I said, he had this smile on his face and this light in his eyes like he was in on some big secret of the universe. Well, anyway, dude walks right up to me. He sticks his hand up in the air and this smile bigger than life, and he says, Hi! My name's Merle. You believe in dinosaurs? Just like that, do you believe in dinosaurs? Well, sure, Merle, I believe in dinosaurs. I think almost everybody does. Of course, they're extinct now, but I believe they used to be here. Extinct? Extinct, you say? Well, yeah. Well, now who the hell told you that, huh? Extinct. I'll tell you who told you that, sir. Them flatheads, that's who. That's right. Yeah. Flatheads. Okay. Same ones who told us the world was as flat as a pancake. Not all that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, flatheads. Okay. Scientists. That's right. Flatheads. One and all. Okay. Scientists. Well, they told us the world was flat. And boy, could they prove it. <sighs> Had all sorts of graphs and charts, maps, books, drawings. You know, they even had models of a flat world? Mm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? A model of a flat world? <laughs> Scientists. Flatheads. Every one of them. You just remember the same folks who told us the Earth was flat are the ones that are telling us that dinosaurs are extinct. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. These flatheads want us to believe that dinosaurs are extinct. And what proof do they give us, huh? No proof. Not really, just some silly notion. You see, these flatheads, they tell us that the dinosaurs were these incredibly large creatures with these tremendous bodies and these huge heads, but they had a little problem, mm-hmm. they say. Yeah. They had these tiny little brains. Huge creatures with tiny little brains. These so-called experts, they want us to believe that these magnificent creatures were stupid. That's right, stupid. Just because they had well, tiny brains? They want us to believe that they were too stupid to see their own end coming. So they ate themselves out of house and home, so to speak. And became extinct. That's the way the flatheads think for you. Mm. Well, you know, I got a problem with that. Don't you? Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. I... Of course you do. <laughs> you really don't think that the intelligence that made the earth or the oceans or the sky or something, something as fantastic and as wonderful as the human eyeball would really make something so stupid that it wouldn't see its own end coming. Mm. Do you? No. No, yeah. No. Of course not. And look, I'll tell you, i got to agree with you on that point. Mm. Yes, sir, these gigantic creatures with these little brains were not stupid, my friend. They were brilliant. Mm. They were absolutely brilliant. Stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Who could think of such a thing? Huh? Mm. Only a flathead. No, these fantastic creatures were of far superior intelligence than humans. Mm. You see, the reason they had these tiny little brains was was not because they were stupid, it was because they didn't need huge brains like we do. You see, they didn't need to waste any space in their brains for storing information. Most of our brains are used for storing information, you know, memory. Yeah, sure. But dinosaurs, they didn't waste space in such a primitive thing as that. No, sir. Mm. 
No, they could access all of the information in the universe. Instantaneously. <laughs> they could. Yeah. Instantaneously. And they did it through their superior powers of mental telepathy. <laughs> they did it telepathically. Okay. It's true. Yeah. I'm telling you the honest to gosh darn truth here, okay? Now, now just think about this for an instant, okay? These huge creatures developed their brains to be a lot like a computer. Mm. You see? Mm-hmm. A computer's a tiny little thing, yet it's capable of accessing fantastic amounts of information. It doesn't store all the information that's out there on the internet. Absolutely not. It couldn't if it tried, right? Mm-hmm. No. No, instead it no. goes out and gets what it needs when it needs it. It's the same thing with a dinosaur. They didn't bother to waste space with these huge brains for storing information that was already available to them at any given moment? No, these creatures weren't stupid like them flatheads want us to believe. Uh, no, sir. They were brilliant. That's right. Mm, yeah. They were brilliant. Brilliant. And let me tell you something else. You see, they saw their end coming. Of course they did. Yeah, sure. But they just didn't sit around and become all extinct about it either. No, sir. Mm. No. What they did was they changed. It's true. They changed. They adapted. They changed. Okay. Now, these very same flatheads who will tell you that the dinosaurs are extinct will also tell you that matter cannot be created or destroyed. That's right. <laughs> it can only be changed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sure, it's a basic premise, premise of science, right? Mm-hmm. So these fantastic creations didn't become extinct. They simply changed. They adapted. Yeah. Okay. It's true. Do you want to know what they changed into? Yeah, sure. Sure. I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Do it. They changed into computers. <laughs> okay. It's true. They changed into computers. Bye-bye. I mean, think about it. If you wanted to take over, and that's precisely what they're trying to do, my unsuspecting friend, you try to be in as many places at one time as you could, wouldn't you? Right? Sure. Of course I'm right. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, think about it. Where do we find computers, huh? Okay. We, we first found them in our factories, and they worked their way into our schools and in our hospitals. Then into small businesses, into our homes. Pretty soon they'd slithered their way into our cars, our nursery rooms, our pockets, our wrists. They're everywhere. I'm telling you, they're yeah, everywhere. You're right. And you think about what a big deal dinosaurs have become in our society. Huh? Hmm. Yeah. We certainly do know a lot about something that is supposedly extinct. Don't you think? <laughs> and we got a lot of them around now, don't we? I mean, we got dinosaur theme parks. Mm. We got dinosaur movies. We got dinosaur TV shows. We even have a purple dinosaur that talks and sings and teaches our friggin' kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine letting a dinosaur teach our children. Yeah. We even have a kid's vitamin in the shape of a dinosaur. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. Great, great. The next time that you're sitting around in front of your little laptop, Mr. Flathead, and you marvel at its speed and its efficiency, mm-hmm. you just ask yourself where all this technology came from, okay? Okay. You think sure. back to that old IBM that took up room after room after room just to perform the simplest little calculation. Sure, it was huge! Of course, nowadays, we look back on that thing and say, Oh, that was nothing but an old dinosaur! Mm -hmm. That's right. A dinosaur. And it's the mother of all these millions and billions of little baby dinosaurs that are taking over the world. That's right. Dinosaurs. Yeah. They ruled the planet once and they're gonna do it again. Yeah, sure. You don't believe me, do you? You need more proof, huh? Okay, I'm going to show you more proof. I'm going to show you something that is indisputable. (laughs) So then Merle reaches into his pocket and he pulls something out of there from inside his overcoat. He sticks it right up in my face and he says, What's this, huh, Mr. Flathead? 
Uh, well, Merle, that's a dinosaur. That's right. It's a dinosaur. I told you they were still here. Merle, that's great, but that's a plastic dinosaur. Oh, plastic, huh? Like I didn't know that? Of course it's plastic, but let me ask you something, Mr. Flathead. Where do we get plastic from? Huh? Well, Merle, uh, plastic is an oil byproduct. That's right. Good. It's a petroleum byproduct. Mm -hmm. And just where do we get petroleum from? Well, Merle, petroleum is a fossil <laughs> fuel. So then Merle he swung the plastic dinosaur behind his back. He got up real close and he whispered, Where do we get petroleum from? Well, Merle, petroleum is a fossil fuel. That's right, it's a fossil fuel. And just whose fossils you think they are? Huh? And just like that, he takes a plastic dinosaur right back out in front of him. He holds it high up in the air. That's right. That's right. You're looking at 100% dinosaur made out of 100% genuine dinosaur parts. Hmm. Kind of makes you think, don't it? <laughs> so then Merle takes that dinosaur, he puts it back in his pocket, he straightened himself up a little bit, and then he, he got real close and he looked me straight in the eye. A few minutes ago, I believed in dinosaurs. I still do. Now you know enough to believe, too. Bam, just like that, he headed off down the road. <laughs> a few minutes later, though, off in the distance, I could just make out a faint voice. It was saying, Hi. My name's Merle. Do you believe in dinosaurs? I'm uh, uh, here on the streets of Portland with the uh, players of uh, Yikes Monsters here. Um, guys, it, it, it seems to me that Rox and Merle are just uh, these crazy people living out in Portland. You gotta tell me, is, is Yikes just about crazy people? Anyone? Anyone? Yes. <laughs> uh, crazy people with really good creative ideas. Oh. Oh, yeah. Crazy enough to come listen. Yeah, crazy enough to listen. That's probably. I don't think point. any of us are crazy. I think most of us are as sane as anybody else around us. <laughs> <laughs> We're just willing to admit it. Right, but I, I did understand that you all met each other in insane asylum. Is that still true? That is true. That is true. <laughs> well, well, I wouldn't call it that. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, cuckoo's nest. That's where we met. Yeah. yeah, we were all performing in a in a, uh, play called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You might have heard of it. And make it locked up after you hear it then, huh? Yeah. Every night they locked us up. <laughs> All right, well, th th thanks a lot. And, and apparently we will be locked up if uh, we ever get to see you perform. Where is that going to be? The next time? Yes. It's going to be yes. uh, Freeport Cabaret. Freeport Cabaret. Uh, the 27th of October and the 3rd of November. The it's day November. right before the election. And it's an election-themed show, so if you're feeling um, topical, or not, just come. <laughs> right, will, will, there, will there be dinosaurs? That's the that's question. Absolutely. If by dinosaurs you mean beer, probably yes. So, we're sitting in this circle, right? You know, about 40 men, ranging in age from maybe you know, 25 to 70 or 75. And the guy who's in charge is wearing this pink baseball cap with 3 by 5 cards pinned all over it. And they got words written on each card, things like, Believe, I belong. I mean, it looks really silly if you ask me. Anyway, no one else seems to know what's going on, so, you know, I guess he's the guy, you know? Well, this pinky guy, that's what he calls himself, is telling us the rules of the place. And every now and then he tells us about some ritual that's been passed on by men from gathering to gathering. 
like it's some sacred circle of men having met since creation, or, well, the days of the caves, anyway. Now, I don't recall all the rituals, although there was one particularly odd one. Odd, since it involved a candle that he didn't actually have. It had to do with passing the candle around the circle and naming men who weren't there. And I'm thinking, well, there's a whole world of men who aren't here. I mean, why not just get a phone book and start listing names? Man, we're going to be here all night just listening to the names of men who aren't here. Well, anyway, the rock comes to me. That's right, it was a rock. I mean, it was supposed to be a candle, but all this pinky character could find was a rock. Now, it was going around the circle in one direction, while a log was being passed around the circle the other way. Now, Pinky said it was a worry log. We were supposed to put our worries and our fears in a log, and then we'd burn it at the end of the weekend. So, the rock was going around one way, and the log was going the other, while at the same time, men were standing up in turn and sharing the reasons for coming to the weekend and, and what they were hoped to gain. And all I could think about was what was going to happen to the guy who got the rock and the log at the same time, and it was his turn to stand up and share. Oh, I was sure hoping it wouldn't be me. <laughs> well, that doesn't really matter. Like I said, the stone comes my way. So I named the first three guys I could think of. Now, it's not like I knew them. They were just names. I mean, I was hoping maybe this was a game. You know, if I said the right name, I'd, I'd get a prize or something. Anyway, after a while, I realized that the guys were naming their brothers and their sons and their fathers. And, well, men who had once been to the gatherings but who'd passed on or simply couldn't be there for some reason. I mean, it was my first time, all right? So, anyway, the guys were standing up and they're sharing stuff, and to tell you the truth, most of them seemed like terribly sad guys, like this was some sort of therapy group for sad and lonely men. Until the guy next to me stands up. He says that during the weekend, he wants guys to tell him penis stories. Now, now at first, I think I misunderstood him, thought he wanted to hear Uncle Remus stories. But no, he brought a video camera and he wants to catch some penis stories on film, no matter how long or short. Now, this is getting interesting. Guys start talking about masturbation, their dad's abandoning them, the trauma of being the last one picked for every game when they were a boy. And one guy, always probably 55 or so, he stands up. He tells us that his wife and four daughters are off on a women's retreat this weekend and how his three grandchildren are being watched by his mom. And oh, by the way, I've never told anyone, but I think I'm gay. Now, I'm beginning to really enjoy myself. I mean, this is certainly better than anything on TV, right? Until... This depressingly sad-looking guy gets up. He starts talking real slow, like it's painful just to speak. He looks at the floor while he speaks about the pressures of his work life, his family, his disappointing marriage, his inner monsters. I mean, the, the circle seemed to spiral back down into a droll, sad place when he looks up and he says, that's why I'm here. And this afternoon, as I, I drove down the road to the lodge, I, I think I started smiling. And as he said those words, this sad man's face lit up like the sun. He went on. And when I saw my friend James, I, I found myself smiling again. And once again, his smile illuminated the room. I remember thinking that when this guy smiles, he's one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen. He paused. He looked down at the floor a bit. And then he looked up with a great big smile and said, And you know what? I think I'm smiling right now. And he was, and so was every man in the circle. Hell, who needs candles? So, uh, uh, d d d rumor, rumor has it that this is actually about 
making people think. Well, you know, there's a lot of entertaining stuff that we um, do, but we do try to make people think. As a matter of fact, I have a whole series of things I put out on YouTube and I want to do right now called Thanks for Thinking. And the whole idea is to get people to like enjoy themselves, but maybe, uh, you know, what I like to do is write something that gets people to think and twist an idea around a little bit. I don't know about that. That might be illegal. No, it might be illegal, but uh, I'd like to do one anyway. Actually, I see the uh, snipers coming down now. <laughs> Once there was a young man who was walking down the road, and up ahead he saw this old man who was kicking and cursing a small black canvas bag. The young man went up to him and said, Oh man, what's wrong with you? Why are you so unhappy? I've lost everything. My wife, my family, my home, my business, everything. All I have left are the few possessions that I could put into this small canvas bag. The mere sight of it makes me angry. Well, with that, the young man reached down, grabbed the bag, and he headed and followed the road up and over the hill. I can't believe this! Now I don't even have my bag of memories! I hate life! screamed the old man. And he found himself just stumbling up and over the hill. And on the other side of the hill, there sat his bag, right in the middle of the road, nothing missing. This, this is fantastic! Oh my God, now I have my memories back! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you! And meanwhile, in the bushes, the young man sat scratching his head, wondering, what happened? How could this same bag, which made him so unhappy on one side of the hill, make him so happy on this side of the hill? The bag hadn't changed. The original pieces you heard tonight were written by Chris Newcomb and Travis Baker and featured Yikes Monsters Deirdre Fulton, Joe Swenson, Steve Dodge, Michael Best, Jamie Schwartz, and Chris Newcomb. You can find Yikes Monsters on yikesmonsters.com. Thanks for thinking. And that was Yikes Monsters, a Portland, Maine theater troupe. You can find them at yikesmonsters.com. If you are happen to be in the area of Maine in the autumn time, beautiful time up here, uh, clean, dry, still a little bit warm too in the days, uh, cool overnight, but you can find them October 27th and uh, November 3rd at the Freeport Cabaret in Freeport, Maine. Election campaign, uh, election eve coverage ought to be a fun show, so uh, check that out, freeportcabaret.com. Like I said, uh, maybe not worth a 1,700-mile road trip, or maybe it is, but um, if you're in the uh, main area, definitely check that out, October 27th, November 3rd. Ah, uh, so next week. Okay, uh, final rune is back. That's me, 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 my, my, my uh, <laughs> final rune is back. That's uh, my stuff in blatant self-promotion. And as a runner of this podcast, I am very excited to share with you the debut of my next original work, written, directed, and produced by yours truly and starring some great voices, including Bill Dufries, the uh, celebrated audiobook narrator, also voice of Bob the Builder, as uh, well as features original music, um, other great actors here in the local area, and uh, wonderful sound effects. It was recorded, of course, in the field. And I got an article on finalroom.com about why I like recording in the field, and maybe um, be fun for you to check that out too. So uh, the story, it's about a guy who is marooned on a strange island on his way to somewhere else and realizes that not many people seem to ever leave the island. Uh, I'd be pretty fun. Um, I had a lot of fun producing it, and I hope you'll enjoy it too. Uh, and if you can't wait for more, check out the blog, radiodramarevival.com. You can download all the previous episodes there, even the ones that aren't in the RSS feed. You can get scattered bits of audio drama news, articles, and spectacular reviews, part of the Malleus series by Chris Duker. And while you're there, why not leave a comment or two? Kick up the conversation. You can also find us, of course, on iTunes. Search for Radio Drama Revival. And that wraps it up for this week. Until next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.